0: Welcome, neighbors, to Hometown Earth, the podcast that brings a down-to-earth approach to all of your sustainability questions. I'm your host, Lena Sanford, here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here, we believe that everyone can change the world. Do you believe? I'm a Midwest gal with big dreams to discover what it takes to reduce my impact on this beautiful place we call Hometown Earth. Join me every Tuesday as we navigate what actions we can take, big or small, to make a positive impact in your life and the lives of your neighbors on hometown Earth. How long have you been using carton milk? I can say I have for a while now, so I was beyond excited when I found a new and easy way to make plant-based milk with Joy. Joy is a minimally processed nut base with no added sugar and comes in 100% recyclable packaging. Unlike traditional plant-based milks, my homemade biscuits have never been fluffier and my sauces have never been creamier thanks to adding Joy. Mix it up how you like it on your own terms. For 10% off of your purchase of Joy, visit addjoy.com. That's A-D-D-J-O-I dot and type in the code Lena Sanford. It's the most wonderful time of the year, y'all. This is the time of year that most of us get in the spirit putting up a tree, getting cozy with hot chocolate and cookies while we watch our favorite holiday movie, celebrating with our loved ones. But while it's the most wonderful time of the year for most of us, that isn't usually the case for the environment. In this episode, I'm going to talk about some ways to switch up your Christmas this year to help the planet. Before you hop off and call me a Grinch or a Scrooge, these tips really aren't that disruptive to your normal holiday routine, but it really just asks that you are more mindful when getting in the holiday spirit. Trust me, I freaking love Christmas, but this year I'm dreaming of a green one. So let's have some fun and dive right in. We chatted in the last episode about ways to buy smarter for your wallet and the planet like deciding if you should even buy, and if you do decide to buy, how to know if you're buying from sustainable, ethical brands that use your money for good. If you didn't catch that episode, be sure to go back and listen, as it definitely is one of the most efficient ways that you can be green this Christmas when you're gifting. One of the first steps when starting to deck the halls Usually isn't boughs of holly in my experience, but it's a Christmas tree. When you're deciding on whether to buy a real tree or an artificial tree, there are a few things to consider, but there are pros and cons to each. If you're going artificial or if you already own an artificial tree, it's a little easier on the wallet. You can save money because even compared to the average cost of a real tree, which is around $74, That's going to happen every year. But if you have an artificial tree, you're only paying the one-time cost of an average $104 that makes that tree cheaper year after year that you use it. Artificial trees last longer if you store them properly. And the fact that you can store it for years to come is huge for most people. There is less cleanup and no maintenance. We're talking no pine needles that are sticking in your stockings, and you don't have to water it. Artificial trees are usually more readily available for people to purchase at the stores that they're already traveling to for groceries and other items, which is good for keeping carbon emissions down. And artificial trees are available to buy secondhand, while real trees, unfortunately, aren't. However, It is said that you have to use an artificial tree for at least 10 years for it to be as equally eco-friendly as a real tree. Artificial trees are typically non-recyclable and end up in a landfill, which is not good because the most popular artificial trees are made of shredded PVC and lead to stabilize the PVC, which can leach into the soil. And I was shocked by this because we've always had, you know, older artificial trees in my house every Christmas growing up, and I never would have thought of them as potentially dangerous. Additionally, this means that the lead breaks down over time into dust, which can be dangerous for children and pets. If you're thinking, oh crap, I have a fake tree, what do I do? Some ways to be safe if you have a PVC tree include taking it out of the box outside and letting it air out for a little bit, washing your hands after you touch it, keeping it away from your children, which is kind of hard to do during Christmas, and if you're at that 10-year limit of the tree, consider buying one that maybe is a little bit more expensive that's made of polyethylene or PE instead since PE isn't stabilized with lead and other heavy metals. Another factor to consider is that 80% of artificial trees are shipped from China, which kind of blew my mind. But this is contributing to air pollution from these chemicals as it's being manufactured and also puts into question the working conditions of those manufacturing workers. Now, I tried to find other Christmas tree manufacturers and let me tell you, The search results came up pretty slim, which brings me to real trees. I just switched to a real tree last year, and it is a really cool thing to be able to make it a tradition to pick out just the right tree. And the smell of the fresh pine it brings to your house without having to light a candle is totally worth it. But the first question that, you know, some people ask is, don't real Christmas trees cause deforestation? The simple answer is no, due to the fact that there are tree farms that are grown for the specific purpose of growing these real Christmas trees, like a crop. And a lot of them are grown on land that would typically be unsuitable for other things. 350 million trees are grown on Christmas tree farms every year. And in the U.S., there is a Christmas tree farm in every state. The Natural Christmas Tree Association, it's its a real thing y'all, <laughs> they estimate that for every tree used, one to three seedlings are planted in its place every spring. Not to mention that the amount of trees grown by the tree farmers still outnumbers the number of real trees actually put into use. So when you buy from a local tree farmer, You can support them to continue to grow healthy forests, which means improvement to our air, soil, and the wildlife that lives there, as well as supporting your local and U.S. economy. When considering buying from a local farmer, you also have to consider the CO2 emissions. Most of the greenhouse gases produced from real trees occur during the plantation management. Now, I like to picture when I'm imagining a tree farm, little elves just going around tending to the trees, but I know it's not actually that glamorous to harvest and fertilize all of them. But even though there is variations in the high turnover farms versus the older growth farms, for the most part, the CO2 is offset by the trees themselves as trees store atmospheric carbon as they age. However, if you decide to travel over 20 miles to go pick up your real tree, you're taking the CO2 life cycle emissions out of carbon neutral. Consider buying from somewhere that is already on your route or closer to home. Another factor to consider is the pesticides that are sprayed onto the trees. It is unclear how much of those trace pesticides are at the end product reaching your home but it can still be dangerous to those working on and near the farm and the water sources that they get into nearby. You can ask a farm if it is organic or FSC certified, meaning that they come from responsibly managed forests that provide environmental, social, and economic benefits. Another great benefit to a real tree is that it is biodegradable and recyclable. Some options for disposing of your tree after the new year could include mulching it or composting it. When you're done with the tree, you can break it into little pieces as mulch coverings for your flower beds or use the needles as the mulch and break down the branches for compost. Your city may also offer curbside pickup or drop-off centers for them to recycle and break down the trees for mulching as well. Or, if you have a backyard, you could put it there for the rest of winter as a refuge for wildlife. When I weigh the options, ultimately I find that it is better to opt for a real Christmas tree if you are able. So, now that you have your tree, it's time to make it merry and bright. There are a few different ways to give your house and your tree, the magical twinkle of Christmas, without causing your energy bill to spike or adding mounds of waste to a landfill. Using LED lights consumes 90% less energy than traditional incandescent bulbs, meaning the cost to power the incandescent bulbs can be up to 90 times greater. Now, if you're a light user of lights, we're talking, you know, your tree and maybe some indoor decorations, it obviously won't add up to as much as if you light your entire house to shine as bright as the North Star. LEDs are more expensive up front, but are more cost effective in the long run due to the fact that they save on energy costs. And they last up to 50,000 hours, sometimes even longer, versus the regular 1,000 hours. No matter what lights you have, another way to save is to set all of your lights on timers or to turn them off when it makes sense to turn them off. Like not leaving them on all night after you've done a movie marathon. And turn the lights off when the tree is lit to make it extra magical in your house and save a little bit on your energy bill. Not to mention that non-LED lights hold heat, so leaving them on all night or when you leave the house is overall just not a good idea. When you're done with your lights, consider donating them or recycling them. Christmas lights are made from copper, glass, and plastic, valuable materials that can actually be recycled and reclaimed. Check to see if your city recycles lights. And if they don't, consider sending them to an organization like Christmas Light Source, which recycles the lights and uses the proceeds that they get to buy toys and to donate them to Toys for Tots. And I'll link their site in the show notes so that you can check them out. In terms of decorations and ornaments, avoid non-recyclable plastic if possible. You can create your own with dried fruits, pine cones, salt dough, or any other random pieces that you have around the house. Consider repurposing your old decorations into something new or buying secondhand. Etsy also has so many great sustainable ornaments and decorations that you can find and you'd be supporting individual artists too, which is really nice. Maybe you make it a tradition to get one special ornament each year so that you can have a collection that is special to you. I don't have any sort of Christmas collection going on at the moment. You know, I went to the local nearest dollar store and grabbed what I could find. And I plan on using those until their end of life. But I know that everybody in my family, at least, has accumulated years worth of decorations. So even reaching out to your family and your friends to see if you can borrow their unused decorations for the season could be a fun way to switch it up and avoid the waste and the cost. And honestly, the last thing that I want to do is to have to drag out a ton of boxes and sort through and pack them back up like a Tetris puzzle when the Christmas is over. So now that your house is decorated and you've had time to build up all of the warm and fuzzy feelings of Christmas since your house or your apartment is decorated, let's talk about the waste that happens when we get to the part where we eat, drink, and be merry. Like, I don't want to be saying tis the season to take out the trash, but it's true. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's, Americans throw away 25% more trash than during the rest of the year. That's just, I mean, it makes sense, but it's crazy. That might not sound like a lot at first when I'm saying it, but imagine an extra 25 million tons of garbage with food waste being a huge part of that. Reducing food waste is one of the top ways to reduce CO2 emissions worldwide, and during the holidays, millions of pounds of uneaten turkey, mashed potatoes and gravy, and other seasonal foods unfortunately end up in landfills. My heart hurts to think of all of the uneaten mac and cheese, y'all. Ways to prevent this is to make sure that you're not overcooking. And I am one of the main culprits when it comes to overcooking, since I go by the old school recipes that my mom has that make it seem like I'm making dressing for the whole neighborhood. But you can look online and see how much food is appropriate for the number of people you're serving and scale your recipes down accordingly. I make sure if there are leftovers, I encourage my friends and family to take them. Or I put them in the freezer with my stasher bags so I can just pop them in the oven when I want to reheat them. Something I'm really excited about trying this year is making them into a new recipe. My family always takes the leftover turkey or ham and puts it into gravy to eat for breakfast the next day. But since I've become a vegan, I haven't had a chance to experiment with turning my leftover dressing into something fantastic but I've got ideas to make stuffing muffins with my egg substitutes or a stuffing hash. And if you have dairy and meat-free scraps that you can't reuse, like the ones that came off of someone else's plate, you could compost them. Regardless if you overcook, use small plates for yourself or any of your guests and encourage going back for seconds if they are hungry instead of overfilling their plates and not being able to finish. I know this year I'm going to focus more on conversation and less on stuffing my face so that way I know when I'm actually full. You could also consider calling your local shelter and seeing if they accept leftover food donations. I just signed up to use an app called Oleo that allows you to post and share leftovers with others in your community so that you can waste less, which is just really a neat concept. There's also waste when it comes to drinking, since alcohol consumption doubles during the holiday season. And I'm not going to lie, I definitely contribute to the handful or two of those red wine bottles. And what can I say? I'm a sucker for cab. But consider drinking organically, locally, or sustainably. A company that I think is really cool is Misadventure Vodka, which uses food waste, specifically baked goods that otherwise would be sent to a landfill, and turns those starches into a smooth vodka. Organic wine is becoming more common on shelves these days, so go check out your local store and see what they have to offer. Glass and cans can and should be recycled. According to GWP.co, wine and other bottled alcohol can cause up to 13,000 tons of glass every year during December and January. And if all of that was recycled, it could save 4,200 tons of CO2, the same as taking 1,300 cars off the road every year. Under the tree is another area of the holidays where you can be more environmentally friendly. Yep, we're talking gift waste. Earth 911 estimates that approximately 4.6 million pounds of wrapping paper is produced in the U.S. each year, and that about 2.3 million pounds of it ends its life in a landfill. It is usually ripped open once and then thrown away. You know, now that I think about it, our Christmas mornings for the past few years have included large black trash bags that we put all of our wrapping paper in as soon as we open the gift to keep our mess down. But there are other better ways we could have reduced the mess and the amount of trash if we would have just put some more thought into it before Christmas Day. If you love the feeling of ripping open a gift at Christmas like I do, opt for recyclable paper or reusing paper around the house as wrapping paper like newspapers or magazines and use cloth ribbons over plastic ribbons. Wrapping paper that is metallic or has glitter can't be recycled, but wrapping paper like white or brown craft paper is. A good test to see if it is recyclable is the scrunch test. If you ball up a piece of wrapping paper and it stays balled up It can be recycled, but if it stretches back out immediately, it most likely can't be. If you like to take your time and savor the opening of the gift, open your gifts slowly and more methodically so that you can save paper and boxes for next year. Now, I personally can't stand the suspense, but to each their own. The same applies to Christmas cards. If it has metallic or glitter, it needs to be removed before recycling. We always use our Christmas cards as decorations for the next year, but you could cut them up to use them as tags for gifts or to make into a really neat wreath. You could also consider sending plantable seed paper cards, which are also really freaking neat, or just saving paper all together and sending an e-card, spreading that cheer faster and saving you some cash. But okay, back to wrapping paper. I stink at wrapping presents anyways. So something I'm going to try this year is furoshiki, which is a Japanese practice of wrapping gifts and other items using fabric. If you're like me and have old tattered sheets or material in the house that you just can't seem to part with, you could cut those up and repurpose into furoshiki. Or you could thrift fabric or scarves from a secondhand shop if you're trying to get a cohesive theme going on here. This way, you can reuse the same fabrics from year to year. And to finish it off, you can clip off greenery pieces from your real Christmas tree and add them as embellishments on your gifts. And the last thing I'll touch on is gift packaging try to opt for handmade or environmentally smart packaging, steering clear of batteries and avoiding packaging altogether if possible. You know, one of my all-time favorite gifts was handmade from a family member and didn't come in a stitch of packaging and didn't involve any batteries to power it. It just came with a lot of love and it clearly made a huge impact on me because I remember it 20 years later. Ultimately. Switching your mindset from a material-focused Christmas to a connection-focused Christmas will be so much more fulfilling in the end. Gary Tan said, we don't really want things. We want the feelings we think those things will give us. Something I have wanted more than ever is to create lasting memories. And we give more of ourselves when there aren't material things in the way clouding what is really important and what we really want. Don't you agree that as we grow older, the things that we crave really can't be bought? Love, time, peace of mind, presence, and acceptance. And we can teach that to our children early on, which is amazing. Your something to grow on for this week is to consider at least one way to make a deeper connection this year whether that's with yourself or the people that you love, so that you can get that true sense of joy and give it to others. That might look like not gifting at all, starting a new tradition like maybe it's a game night, spending time on a shared activity with someone, giving instead of gifting, volunteering, or something as simple as spending quality time with no screens. I promise you will feel so much more at peace and you'll have the added bonus knowing that you didn't harm the planet in doing so. May all of your days be extra merry and bright and I hope that all of your Christmases from now on are green. Thank you for joining me and I'll see you next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Hometown Earth as much as I did. Let us know by rating and subscribing so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every week on Tuesday. Head to the show notes linked in the episode description for more details and let us know in the comments what you want to hear next. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to podcasts, believe.com and at believepodcasts. And you can find more about the podcast on Instagram,